You're listening to The Soul's Way Podcast. This is your host, Emily Ann Brandt. I'm an author, a speaker, a mentor, and I help individuals align with their soul and create the ripple effect that they came here to create. Are you ready to manifest your best life the soul's way? If so, you're in the right place and you're definitely here for a reason. Let's dive in. Hi friends, welcome back to the Soul's Way podcast. This is an episode, just me and you, baby. No live stream, no replay, just me sitting down to speak from my heart about God. This is a topic that I have wanted to talk about for a long time, for me, (laughs) for me a long time, like a few weeks, I would say. Some people, like some of my clients tell me that they have had podcast ideas to start podcasts or business and things for years. One of them was like, yeah, I have the same podcast name. It won't go away. I've had it for two years, but I never did anything with it. And I'm like, oh my God, how do you do that? How do you sit on something so exciting? I, my thing, you guys know, has always been rushing into things. So what I'm learning lately, as I learn more about myself and my energy is to sit with something. And if it nudges me or it taps me on the shoulder again, And I'll be like, okay, that's something to pay attention to. And then if it happens a third time or somebody says something or I just get the nudge again, then I'm like, okay, it's go time. And that's kind of like my new rule of three that I'm taking on because in the past I had a a history of just like getting the idea once and jumping right into it. And it's not always aligned and sometimes ended up like regretting it later. Although not really because everything everything is just a lesson everything's for us. Like fail. I really believe failure doesn't even exist. Mistakes don't even exist. Um, because every successful person, if you look at their journey, they've had mistakes in it. And that was without those mistakes, they wouldn't have gotten to where they are. So it's like, are they even real if they're part of the success journey anyway? Right. But, um, so don't be afraid. I'm not afraid, but I'm liking this new way, this new rule of three. It's really feeling good. And I'm proud of myself for being able to sit with things. Anyway, some of the fear that's been holding me back from having this conversation is, (laughs) it's kind of funny because I'm here to talk about God and my experience of really getting a lot closer with God and realizing my oneness with God over this past year. Um, And most especially over the past few months as I've really kind of gotten more disciplined with my um, habit of just connecting, plugging in, like meditating and being in prayer, which is how I personally connect with God and know, like there's no rules about how you can connect with God, right? You, uh, God is everywhere. There's nowhere that you can't quote unquote connect with God because there's nowhere you can go that God isn't. And I want to talk about like, how do I see God? I don't see God as a man in the sky. Um, I'll get into all of that, but there's fears that come up around this episode and around this share because I'm like, okay, the religious people are going to think I'm blasphemous with some of the things that I'm going to say. And then the non-religious people are going to be like, what? She's talking about God? Like, she gone religious now? What's happening? (laughs) And neither is the case, really. Um, I just felt called to share kind of what I've discovered as divine truths in my own kind of connection with God and in my experiences that I've had, which have been so life-changing so that that's why I'm sharing them. So where do I start? I guess I'll start with how I see God. 
I don't see God as a man in the sky, <laughs> our father in heaven. I think it's a father, mother, God, goddess. No, there's no way that something so omnipresent, everywhere present, forever present can be limited by such a thing as gender. There's just no way God has a gender, uh, in my opinion, right? In my experience with God, I do not see God as like a Santa Claus in the sky or a genie that either grants wishes if you've been good or doesn't grant wishes if you've not been good. I don't think that God cares either way what we do and what we create because we've been given free will for a reason. (laughs) We've been given the opportunity to experience ourselves. And ourselves, we are God. God is experiencing itself through us. God, goddess, love, beauty, intelligence. Like To me, God is this everywhere presence that is everywhere all the time, forever and always, forever and always, amen, and is just love. It's just unconditional love and creation, and it's always creating, and it's always giving, Um, and actually something that really resonated with me is um, a book that I read recently, which I am now rereading and highlighting and making quotes, and I'm getting all of my unbound, (laughs) I'm getting the girls in Unbound Soul to read it. I'll probably get all of my clients to read it. It's called Conversations with God by Neil Donald Neil Donald Walsh, and it's really good. Another book that really kind of shifted my perspective on God and like God not being a man in the sky who judges us and, <clears throat> you know, punishes us and things like that, which a lot of us have that perception, even if we didn't grow up religious. Like I didn't grow up religious, but my mom grew up in a Christian church. And so she had some of those beliefs. And actually, I did go to church a few times as a kid. I went um, to Sunday school. And then in high school, I was in a church group as well. So I do have some of those images and things ingrained in me, like pray to the Father and, you know, you have to repent for your sins and you have to be good to get into heaven and you have to do this or you won't get that. Like some of that really gets ingrained in society as a whole, whether we are religious or not. And if we are from a religious background, then it's even more so. And I actually know people who are kind of trying to undo some of the traumas that the religion itself has created. I'm not saying that Jesus created this or God created this like religion itself with all the rules and man interpreting things the way that suits them, the way that keeps them in power, the way that keeps power dynamics that um, serve a system or serve some sort of cause that I think actually has nothing to do with God. So another book that really kind of opened me back, opened my heart back up to God and experiencing God in a new way that's not like all about guilt, really. Let's be real. Like a lot of church teachings and everything, it's so associated with guilt um, and just religion itself. And then I also have like a a bit of a struggle with the church itself just because I'm indigenous too and there's indigenous teachings and I can share a bit of a bit of that with you as well that don't <laughs> they're completely different the experience of I mean it's not different at the end of the day 
It's all about there's one creator that created all of us and we're one with that creator and we're one with each other and we're here to take care of one another. We're here to love each other. We're here to love the earth, all of that. But if you don't know, indigenous people don't exactly have a great history with the church and with religion because it was the Catholic and some Christian churches that created residential schools, which uh, abused and murdered thousands of my indigenous ancestors. So there's that as well. But anyway, I'm not even here to talk about religion. I'm here to talk about God. And another book that changed my perception on God is um, Michael Beckwith in general. Him and all his teachings are so beautiful. But his book, um, Spiritual Liberation, is so good. Uh, Just so good. Highly recommend. So Spiritual Liberation and then Conversations with God. If you read any two books this year, definitely check those two out. And then like, keep reading them like meditate on some of the passages like highlight some of the pages you are going to absolutely love how it shifts everything for you because it shifts your relationship with yourself because you get to realize that you in fact are god and this is why i'm saying this might piss some people off because it goes against we were taught to like fear god and please god and this is kind of like where people pleasing starts too i think and We're taught that we just, everything is not in our hands. It's in his hands, right? And um, what I believe is that God creator, the source that started it all, created this magnificent creation that is our, our world, our universe, our whole universe. So I'm actually gonna stop saying God slash universe because I don't think they're the same thing. Um, but that's just me. Right. And I realize a lot of times we don't, we don't fully stand behind something. We're so scared of like, Oh, if I say universe, then I'll upset the people who say God. And if I say God, then I'll upset the people who say universe, like prefer to say, like you just use whatever language you want to use. And I'm going to use whatever language I want to use. So God created the universe and it was glorious and beautiful as it is love and light everywhere and then had no way of experiencing its own magnificence its own light because that's all that was all there is like in the beginning um no way to experience itself express itself and the earth was created and other planets right and then my belief and this is like this is actually different than what our creation story teaches excuse me in um in my culture in mohawk culture um in mohawk culture there's like yeah there's a whole creation story and um it involves like the earth and the sun and the moon and there's like there's twin brothers and one is good and one is evil but I actually think God individualized itself into us humans. So our souls are the divine. Like we are like spirit babies of the divine. And we are here to experience ourself, to remember our light and to know our light and to know the magnificence of our creation. And in order to do that, you have to experience this, this point, really, I've understood this for years. And I've seen this in so many like, 
spiritual books and documentaries and things, and it made sense to me, but it really, really clicked when I read Conversations with God. So in order for us to experience that which we really are, which is unconditional love, joy, peace, blessing, right? Beautiful. Nothing but light. We have to experience that which we are not. And so that's why our physical 3D plane has duality. That's why we have love. And then on the other side of that spectrum of emotions, we also have fear, which is the complete opposite of love. And every day, every instant, we get to choose. Do we react from love? Do we act from love? Or do we react and act from fear? And I'm actually going to do a workshop that I'm really excited about um, in my Facebook group. Oops just hit my glass, got too excited, in my Facebook group on Monday, the 17th. Um, So come and join the Soul's Way Facebook group if you're not in there yet. I want to do a workshop on, and it'll just probably be a live video so you can pop on with questions, but alchemizing your fear and turning it into faith and love. Because this is something I feel like I'm finally mastering and embodying, and it's like, oh man, I wish I knew how to do this earlier because it really changes everything. So I'd love to do that with you. So alchemizing faith into fear or something like that. I'll play with the title. But yeah, we need to experience that which we are not. We need the duality. We need, and I teach this in Soul Legacy as well, we need the shadow and the light. We can't know ourselves without one or the other. And if you look at even like actual physical light, if you look around your room right now, everything the light touches, it's casting a shadow. There can't be light without shadow. And there can't be shadow without light. So we need both. And we need both to experience our our light. So I believe that we are emanations of the most high. And I have just I have just known this. Some people ask me, like, where what do you what is this based on? And I'm like, it's just a knowing. I have known this since I was a kid. Like we are, and we even I believe that's what like the Bible means when it says you're made in the image and likeness of God. And like when people say you're a child of God, like we are, that's what it means. We're emanations of God. He, he, (laughs) see, I'm still catching myself saying he, he, she, father, mother, God split itself into individuals in order to know and express itself. And we get to be on this journey of remembering that we are that we are the same substance that our very God is. That's us. We are that divine substance. We are the same very substance that makes up our stars, that makes up our flowers, that makes up our beautiful waters and trees, our whole universe. We are that we are. And you hear people sometimes saying you are the universe in human form. This is what they mean by that. Right? My version of is it is that I'm God in human form. And when you know this, and you embody this, everything changes, everything changes. And when you see life as just a game of coming here to remember your light and to it's almost it's this fun game of like, who can wake up or like, will you wake up in this lifetime? Because I also fully, fully believe that we, we are eternal, infinite beings, and we incarnate many, many, many times over, I definitely believe in reincarnation. Um, 100%. And it's almost like, will you wake up in this lifetime? Will you remember who and what you really are? Will you remember your light? Will you remember that you're, you are God, like you are creator, and therefore you are creative. That's why this changes everything. 
when you realize you are creator, you are the creator, like you are a piece of that, you can literally create like magic. You can manifest like magic because you have so much unwavering faith that you just have, you, you are (laughs) source, you are a creator. You can create anything so long as you believe in it. Like so long as you believe you can. Um, And that's the trick. That's why we'll talk about it in the fear to faith workshop on Monday, which is going to be so good because it's that belief that we need to embody. And the book Conversations with God really helped me, is helping me still with embodying that that belief that he says, uh, what does he say? You are, there is no prayer that you can pray that God will not answer. Like, as long as that is your sponsoring thought, he says, then all of your thoughts will be in your favor because he does talk about the importance of mindset and positive thinking. But his thing is like, if you think a thought, so say you're saying an affirmation and you're like, okay, I am creating six figures this year. But then your sponsoring thought, the thought behind the thought is like, oh, oh my gosh, yeah, right. What if it doesn't happen? Ah, should I even say that out loud? Those are not supportive sponsoring thoughts and they're going to attract just the thing you're fearing. That's why fear is like, we really want to alchemize it because it's so powerful. But if you're, if you're going to have one sponsoring thought behind all thoughts, let it just be the unwavering faith and the fact that there is nothing you can ask for in prayer that won't be answered. Absolutely. And I don't know where I heard this, if this is from the same book or not, but it was like, disappointments are God's appointments. So sometimes even if we do pray for a thing and we believe with all of our, all of our will, all of our being that we're going to get it, first of all, 99% of the time we are, if we truly believe with every fiber, fiber of our being, we're like not wavering one tiny little bit, we're going to get the thing. But also... I do believe in divine timing, divine intervention. So sometimes even what we think is unanswered prayers is actually just divine timing. And it's always, always for the highest good. So I would say like my sponsoring thought is that the highest good is never not at play. It's never not working. And so I can, I literally cannot be disappointed because remember, even disappointments are God's appointments. So another thing I wanted to talk about are what Neil Donald Walsh calls the five attitudes of God. And I feel like there needs to be a whole book on this. I will write the book on this if Neil, if it's cool with Neil, because he just, he just said it like really quickly in one of the chapters. And then that was it. And I was like, that's so good. So he says the five attitudes of God are joyful, accepting, loving, blessing, and grateful. And I'll expand on that in a second. But I also just want to say, just so you know, Conversations with God, the whole premise of the book is that this author, Neil, he sat down and he wasn't trying to write a book. He was just genuinely like at his wits end. And so he was taking out on, excuse me, on his journal pad and like journaling, like, why is my life such a mess? God, if you're real, I need answers. And he was basically demanding answers from God. And suddenly his handwriting started to change. And so as we know, if you're if you've ever done any type of channeling, you know what was happening, right? His pen started channeling God, started channeling spirit. 
And so he found himself actually answering himself in words that he wouldn't normally say, because then it carries on for a whole conversation where the channeled pen will say something and he'll be like, wait, what do you mean by that? And then he'll further expand on it and further expand on it. And then it gets revealed like, yes, uh, this is to be a book. Like, this is not just for you. A lot of people have these same questions, blah, 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 blah. And it's this whole beautiful conversation with God and it's being channeled through him, through his pen. And even God explains, you know, God in, in the book. So Neil's channeled messages from God is explaining like, this is just one way that I can talk to you, right? Like not everyone has to talk to me through, um, through channeling and writing. Like I talk to you in the wind. I talk to you in the laughter on a baby's face. Like I talk to you in whatever, like I forget the examples, but I just thought that was a great reminder too, because sometimes even when I teach my students and people to like what I call meditate, my version of meditating, which just means communing with the presence, like whether you want to call it God, your soul, which are one, (laughs) um, God, your soul or spirit or just higher self, just source, you're communing with that presence, which is within you. It truly is within you. That's why they say all you seek is within. That's because that unconditional love and that joy, right? The five attitudes, joy, acceptance, unconditional love, blessing, and gratitude. It's already within you. And the more you spend time with that, the more you commune with that, that's what you're doing when you're meditating. You're devoting time back to that beautiful presence. You're communing with it. The more your life just becomes incredible, incredible, um, So I kind of forget where I was going with that, but I'll come back to the five attitudes of God. So joyful. I think, absolutely. I think the whole purpose of, (laughs) absolutely. I think the whole purpose of us being here is to experience joy and to remember that at our core, that's who we are as souls. We are joy joy babies, as Michael says. I had an opportunity to take a five-week class with Michael, by the way, coolest thing I've ever done. And he actually directly answered one of my questions on one of the, um, one of the calls I had emailed in a question and he said, like, you'll find your base kind of, um, you'll find your base soul, like characteristics, your home base, basically, like, who are you at the core? Who are you when you're at peace? Who are you when you're in joy? Right. Which is something that I've adopted and I teach people as well is to come back to, hmm, who am I when I'm just totally like on vacation or I'm with a loved one and I'm in love. Who am I? And he's like, you'll kind of figure out your, your base, kind of your home, who you are at the core. And he said, his is peace, just absolute peace. And I said, I wrote in and I said, can we have more than one? Because I feel that mine is peace, but I also feel it's joy. Like it's very lighthearted. It's very playful. And he goes, oh yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I'm a joy baby too. (laughs) So I just thought that was really cool. Um, Michael and I are joy babies (laughs) and so are you probably because it's in you. It's an attitude of God and accepting. Oh, I love talking about this one accepting because I've been teaching that acceptance is the key to manifestation. Like there's really only two steps. I used to teach this whole like five, six step process. I know some teachers that teach eight step processes to manifesting anything And I realized recently, oh my gosh, it's only two steps. Number one, fully accept where you are. Fully accept everything about where you are. 
and realize that nothing that you're desiring is a survival issue, which we'll talk about on Monday in the masterclass, but fully accept it, fully be like, whoa, there was a time when I wanted this. This is not a survival thing. I have everything I need to survive right here, right now. Everything is good right now. Life is happening right now. I have peace right now. I have joy right now. I have love in my heart right now. I am safe right now. Safety is in my body. Safety doesn't come from anything external. Validation, love, bliss, that doesn't come from anything external. Accepting and knowing that you have it all within you, that's step one. Step two is just being like, okay, I accept everything. And since I'm creator, right? This is why this whole, this is a huge podcast episode. This is like the secrets to life. Um, That's why it's so important to know that you are that creator, like that power to create literally everything and anything is within you. And everything's created from actual thin air, like actual thin air. The computer that I'm recording onto, the microphone I'm speaking into all started as nothing. Everything comes from nothing, right? So step one is just accepting everything as it is. And then step two, just choose again, because remember you have the power to do that. But I think accepting also means in terms of the attitudes of God, this is why I need to make it into a book. I got to write to Neil and see if I can do that. Um, Accepting also means, I believe we do not have a judgmental God. We do not. Like everything is our, we were given free will. We were given, um, yeah free will to choose from all kinds of experiences in this life. And we were given the opportunity to make mistakes and be imperfect and have this duality experience. That's why we're here. So why, and he even says this in the book too, in um, conversations with God, it's like from God's perspective, he's saying, why would I give you free will and free freedom to choose any experience and then judge you for choosing one of those experiences or punishing you? And he says the punishment, like if somebody's doing terrible things and like committing crimes and things like that, they're already being punished because the punishment is not being in alignment with who you actually are as a soul. So on a soul level, they already feel they're already in a hell. And so in this book, he even says like, there is no hell. There's no hell. There's no being punished. The punishment is not remembering who you are and not doing that in this lifetime. And that's it. That's it. I think we take everything so seriously. And like a lot of people still really believe and they're going to be mad at or they probably already turned this episode, you know, switch the channel or whatever. But they don't believe that there's multiple incarnations. Um, And what Michael Beckwith teaches, which I love, is that we must dance this fine. This there's a fine line between understanding the preciousness of this human carnation, this life is short. It is crazy short, right? Like some of us only live, well, some of us die as children, as we know, but some, most of us only live 60 to 80 years. That's nothing compared to eternity. So it's balancing the preciousness of this incarnation with the fact that we're eternal beings, like eternal beings. And what I like to remind myself is, do I want to live with myself for eternity? Because that's the person I have to live with for eternity. And I'm not a person. I'm a soul. I'm a beautiful soul and I'm an emanation of God. And I'm going to do everything that I can to express that on the outside. To be that every single day. But I can't do that without tuning in. That's why so many of the spiritual like Zen masters, 
the most successful people that we look up to, they all say that they go within before they do anything. They meditate, they get quiet, they pray. They all have it in their own way. But basically everyone spends time with spirit, remembering, wait, who am I? What's my highest purpose? What's my heart want to do today? God, what would you have me do today? Um, There's an awesome book too called The Man Who Talks to Flowers or The Man Who Talked to the Flowers um, by Glenn Clark. And it's about the life of George Washington Carver, uh, a botanist scientist from the South who did miraculous things with uh, agriculture because he channeled God and he like, he would sit quietly enough and every day he would go into the woods and he would ask God for his instructions for the day. And he would just talk to God and like go out in the woods and talk to God. And then with his plants, and he discovered so many uses for the peanut, which they were growing too much of in the South. And he discovered like 150 plus uses for peanut oil from like household things, cleaning things, like the sticky thing that keeps your stamps stuck to your envelopes. Like that was all him. And it was all from peanut oil because he befriended the peanut and talked to it. And he said, if you just love anything enough and you're just present with it, it'll reveal its secrets to you. So the peanut supposedly spoke to him and not like out loud, but told him its secrets, quote unquote. And he just saw nature and all of life as God, which it is. And every little flower, he would stop and pick it up and like stroke it and love it and just be like so in awe of it. And people would be like, is that guy okay? Or what is he doing? But he knew how. He understood that to look at a flower is to look at the face of God. And to look at me or you is to look at the face of God. So that's one last thing that I wanted to share that has really helped me is by tuning into this energy every single day. And going within before I go without allows me to see myself through the lens of God and also see others through the lens of God because that's all we all are. We're all part of creation. We're all one with each other and we're all one with the creator. Um, And so I actually did a beautiful exercise too where I wrote myself a letter as how I see myself through the lens of God. And I'm going to have my Unbound Soul ladies do this as well too because it was just like, whoa. That's powerful. That changes everything. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's everything, you guys. Knowing who and what you are as a soul is literally the whole purpose of this life. So there you have it. <laughs> There's my feelings on God. There's my relationship with God. There's how it's changing everything, changing how I manifest, changing how I show up, changing how peaceful I am every single day, changing how joyful I am, changing how blessing. Oh, I didn't go over the other attitudes. So loving knowing that you are unconditional love and you're here to give unconditional love that's huge that you're worthy of it of course because you just are we're all equally emanations of god and then blessing that's like being a blessing everywhere you go being a blessing to others and also knowing that you're blessed and then grateful of course so grateful for all of life for this beautiful creation for this gift that we get to experience and i truly believe that the creator who created the most beautiful mountains and landscapes and different cultures, different people, different animals, like wants people who appreciate beauty to go and see the world. And like, it's like, look what I created, like enjoy, enjoy this beautiful art piece that you get to live in 
And so I just, I just believe that we're here. And I know a lot of like religious, especially Christian based, um, kind of old school thinking is that like, you have to live a humble life to please God and you have to be not wanting anything. You have to be selfless and self-sacrificing. And especially as a woman, you have to be so self-sacrificing as a woman and just that's what will get you into heaven. That's what it means to be a good Christian or a good this or that, Catholic, whatever. And it's like, no. The creator wants, is trying to seek to express and know itself through you by means of you. So it wants you, your soul, which I believe is one with God, wants you to experience your full potential, wants you to experience joy, wants you to experience the most love and bliss and pleasure. Yes, pleasure, including sexual pleasure that you can because it's all good. Why would the body have these functions if we weren't supposed to experience that, right? And why would the world be so beautiful if we weren't meant to all see it? Or um, why would we have gifts within us if we weren't meant to share them and use them? So something magnificent is always trying to happen through you. And then one last thing is that I also believe, and this talked about in Conversations with God as well, God's work is worthy of the most compensation. For some reason, we think that the football players and the NFL players, (laughs) I guess NFL, same thing, um, NBA, the athletes and the celebrities, the actresses, the actors, the singers, the famous people, they're worthy of millions and millions of dollars. But people who are out there doing God's work and doing spiritual work will shame on them if they're trying to charge money for it. What? That's so stupid. If anything, that should be the highest paying because we need that. We need God's work. We need people reminding people who they are and reminding them of their light and waking them up and making the world, therefore, a better place. Because when we all see each other through this lens, everything's going to shift. So that's part of my mission. Um, And yes, it's worthy of divine compensation. I think God, creator, is the best possible employer that there is. It's the best... That's the best possible employer you can have. <laughs> and it is divine. It is amazing what's happening already in my life. So thank you for listening to my thoughts about God. Feel free to share what resonated, what doesn't, what didn't. I'm here for open, healthy, respectful dialogues always. And I hope you'll come join us inside the Soul's Way Facebook group for that Fear to Faith workshop on Monday, January 17th. Come come on live if you can. I'll probably do it around, um, let's say 2 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, let's just put it, let's put it on the calendar. January 17th at 2 p.m. Eastern, <laughs> Fear to Faith workshop. All right, lots of love, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks again so much for listening. The best way you can thank a podcaster, if you got any value from this episode at all, or it helped you in any way, the best way to thank a podcaster is to share. Take a screenshot, tag me on Instagram at Emily and Brant. Send it to a friend and let me know your thoughts. I cannot wait to connect with you. Come hang out with me on Instagram at Emily and Brant or join the Facebook group, The Soul's Way. Thanks again for being here. Cheers to your magic.